Um, uh, children, uh, kindergarten through third grade are welcome to children and worship right through that door and, uh, and uh, in, enjoy. And they'll, as you release them, they'll be back by the end of the, the service, we promise. Sorry, but we promise, yes. Yeah. All right, well, today we start a, a new series on being an influencer. Um, uh, particularly even when you're not in charge. Um, we'll see as we walk through um, Samuel, first, second Samuel and Kings, as we look at the life of Samuel and of David um, and of, of Saul and of David. We'll see how they were influenced and they were influencers both when they were not in charge and when they were in charge. Because the, the thing is, as we'll see today, and we see in each of these stories, you, you just never know when God might lead you to be in a position of power, um, uh, of uh, some kind of uh, um, a position in your, your world in some way. But what we'll see is we always have influence. Um, it may be from positions of power or, or not. And we'll see that as we, uh, today and as we walk through these. Um, and we'll be walking with the Gospel Project, which is meets in the middle hour. And you can follow along. It has daily readings as we're uh, walking through these uh, online. Or there's uh, hard copies of the material that you can get. As we, and we'll be doing this all summer. Um, and, and just as a sign that you just never know uh, how you might influence or become an influencer... Um, when uh, my wife Kathy and I, we were in, in college, and this is 30 years ago now, um, we um, had, a, had a friend, uh, and Kathy was a sorority sister with uh, Melinda French. Yeah, you all know who Melinda French is. Um, and we even exchanged Christmas cards after we got married and graduated a few years. And even uh, we, she was invited to our wedding and um, uh, sent us a card for that and um, knew her. And then we sort of lost um, uh, contact with her uh, kept a little bit, kept kind of a little bit, because then she moved to Washington State and started working for this startup company out there called uh, Microsoft. And and in her work there, she um, ended up finding the love of her life. Met a guy there named Bill, um, who happened to own Microsoft, and she's now Melinda French Gates. Um, uh, who has been on the cover of Time magazine recently and has a book out now. So you just never know um, when and how you might find yourself in a position of influence, um, uh, whether as a, a friend, we should have kept the Christmas cards going. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's how it goes. Um, but you, and, and we'll see here, folks, that just never know what kind of role they have in influencing their spheres and the world that's around us. And what we do know, we ultimately know that there, there are no human beings in charge. That God is the one ultimately in charge. He is the one leading um, uh, the, the world forward uh, according to His plan and purpose. And so ultimately, what we want to be sure as we recognize our spheres of influence whether we're in charge or not, that we first and foremost are being influenced by Him. So that the influence we make is in alignment with His plans and His purposes. Now, so our, our passage today is in First uh, uh, Samuel chapter 3. It's on 227, your pew Bible, or you can follow along. But before we, we get there, we want to just set the, the scene 
um, that uh, b- before Samuel begins uh, his, his ministry. And there's uh, um, some folks who are in positions of power, but do not use that influence for the ways of God. And those, those are the priests of the day. Um, Eli and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And uh, um, there they are the Eli's the head priest and Hophni and Phineas are his sons and they're the ones in positions of influence in the temple and so they're the ones that will receive folks as they bring their sacrifices and God set up a, a plan for them this is how you're going to eat you're going to put your uh, your fork in the boiling pot of meat and the piece you get's the piece you get to keep and that's how you're going to eat one of the ways they got paid but the the problem with uh, Phineas and Hophni is they didn't like boiled uh, meat and didn't want to take the chance and so they decided whenever people would come they'd take the fillets and the tenderloins and grill them up Instead of taking what they were supposed to, therefore defaming God by disobeying him and using their position of influence, not for the blessing of God, but for the blessing of themselves. And as we read also that they even would require sexual favors from folks that would come bring their gifts to the Lord. And and so we'll, we'll find and we'll read in here that this was the time where the prophets weren't hearing from God and there's no wonder as to why that was the case. On the other hand, um, there's a woman named Hannah um, uh, who is uh, one of two wives to Elkanah and she has not had any children. And so she has, you know, very little position at all, and especially in uh, the, the days of uh, Samuel. And uh, uh, yet she cries out to God. God, I, I, for, for you, for me, for, I, I want a baby. And she says that if you bring me a baby, I will give that baby back to you. And she's not just talking. And we find out she's serious. Then indeed God hears her cry and she has a baby. The baby is Samuel. Samuel she takes, she weans. Um, you know, she does all the hard work. Potty trains, weans them, feeds them, gets them walking and talking, and then delivers them to Eli at the, the tabernacle and they then raise him up in the, the, the temple or in, in, the, in the tabernacle. And so we see in Hannah one who has no position but we'll see has great influence because what she is crying out to God, she uses what position and gifts she has for the glory of God and gives Samuel away literally. So um, that's what we, as we look at Samuel, want to see how Samuel then will lead us so that we are like his mom. That we follow after the way of Hannah. Using, take, receiving whatever gifts God gives to us for God's glory and God's purposes. All right, let's, uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for your written word. And we ask now that you would give us ears to hear what you have to say to us so that we might not only desire it, not only discern it, but do it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so uh, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3, starting with verse 1. Now, the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. 
there was not frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I've spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I'm about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, Here I am. And Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you, and more also, if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So we see here Samuel. Um, he, He falls asleep that evening. You know, he's at the tabernacle now. And, uh, um, Three, actually four times, he's awoken during the night. And, you know, three times he runs to Eli. You know, he goes to him and uh, almost like a puppy, you know. Here I am. Here I am. I'm ready. I'm ready. What? What is it? You know, and Eli, you know, go to sleep, kid. You know, go to sleep. And this can wait till the morning. Um, and, uh, um, but what, what we see in... Samuel here is uh, just this desire, almost this puppy-like desire to, to, to hear and to do what Eli wants him to do. And I think similarly to hear and do what God wants him to do. You know, he has a great ability here, probably the greatest ability that we can have, and that is availability to hear what God is saying. 
He, he has that initial desire here. I mean, Hophni and Phineas, they knew how to discern God's word. They knew what the law said, but they didn't desire it. And they certainly didn't do it. But, but here what we see in Samuel is, is one who had this longing, this desire. And then, that, that third time, Samuel, or Eli, recognizes that maybe this is the Lord. And even then, that, that's showing just how reticent and how um, hard of hearing Eli even was spiritually. And, and how um, little the, the Lord was speaking, that it took him three times to say, hey, maybe this is the, the Lord. And he, um, <clears throat> he tells him, next time this happens... Then say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So he, he has the desire. He has that, that puppy-like desire. But he doesn't have the capacity to discern at this stage. We're even told in verse 7 that he hasn't quite learned that. He hasn't learned the capacity to discern. And Eli is the one that teaches him. And it's not complex. Right? There's not a, a, a long series of classes that he has to go through. You know, it's a rather simple, but maybe very difficult, but still simple. Just ask the Lord. If the desire is there to hear, then simply ask and listen to discern God's call. Now, you know, for me, as I think about those two things, that the, the desire, I mean, I, I've been through all kinds of training and spent decades reading and studying and teaching his word. So discerning the word and seeing what is God's intent and through his word and through his life, that's, that, that's not the challenge for me. It's more that you grow accustomed to that and you just do it academically or intellectually instead of with my soul. To desire it, like Samuel does. And, and often, more like Hophni and Phineas, you know, I uh, was sharing with my small group in the, the Gospel Project, I can desire for the church to grow for me. That makes me look good. More like Hophni and Phineas than Samuel, or more like than Hannah, to say, let it grow and give it to God for God's glory. It convicts me as a desire to have an, to be an influencer. Do I just want to have a lot of likes on my social media posts? Do I want to have a lot of retweets? Or this is the real dangerous one. You know, on our website, you can go and look and see how many people have listened to your sermon. Yeah. So I just want to go and see, you know, those numbers for me. You know, and I'm like, you know, God, don't wake me up three times in the morning, just three times during the night. Just wait till the morning. You know, we can deal with it then. And I wonder for you, you know, has that desire, that, that sort of puppy-like desire, has that lost its fire? Or have there been ways that, uh, like Hophni and Phineas, you know, our desires, what I love with Hannah, you know, it's a good desire that she has. And she ha- takes that good desire of hers and gives it to the Lord. Uh, and there are ways that you have good desires that maybe they've turned in on yourself instead of for 
the Lord. And of course, then for discerning for, for us, I mean, we, we live in a, in a day um, that, that God has given us all that we need to discern his word. I mean, if we, one, um, we, we have the written word of God that is presented to us as his revelation to us of who he is and what he's about. And it speaks to us specifically of Jesus and tell, Jesus is God in the flesh. So what God's, what, what Jesus says, God says, what Jesus does, God is doing. And if we are followers of Jesus, as we've been singing, we give ourselves to him, then that is a sign that the Holy Spirit is within us because no one can say Jesus is Lord unless the Holy Spirit within them uh, strengthens them, frees them to, to say that. And so we have God, the Holy Spirit living in us. We have before us the revelation of God's word and specifically of God the Son in, in Jesus. And what we know is that, that the Holy Spirit never disagrees with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit who has inspired the written word of God will within us then awaken our heart, our soul to see what God inspire us from God's written word to God's living word in our lives. And, and that's the reason that we spend time in the Word. So that we become familiar with the voice of God and the character of God. Maybe some of you have this same experience or you had this experience with, uh, with your earthly father. I mean, growing up with my dad, I learned to discern his tone. You know, he could say exactly the same words, right? And, and they could mean three different things. He could call me to come to him and I could hear his tone. Uh oh, I'm in trouble. Uh, and, or I could hear his tone and I could say, uh oh, he's got something for me to do. Or on the third, I could say, ah, oh, cool, I'm running. There's something exciting. Maybe he went grocery shopping and when he goes grocery shopping, that means the donuts and ice cream outweigh everything else that came in. You know, so there were, but there were three distinct tones. That you knew, that I knew from growing up with him. Well, that, brothers and sisters, is why we read the Bible. Not to win Bible trivia. But to learn and grow and understand the tone of our creator. And the one who has indeed, as we've been singing, set us free to flourish in him. And so that, that's why we have the gospel project and small group Bible study so that we gather with God's word, with God's people. Because if you'll notice, even Eli helped Samuel discern God's word. Even Eli, as broken, as messed up as, as he was, was the one that helped. The, the need for one another to, to help us. Because I'm a creative sinner. And I can, in all of my you know, experience, I can take God's word and start to make it to say what I want it to say instead of what God wants it to say. And I need you to help me. We all need one another to help us so that we don't put God's, put God in our image instead of being transformed more and more into the image of Christ. So, um, he, he, he first, there's that desire within him that we see in that here I am. You know, just that, that desire. Say that, that with me. Just those, those words of Samuel. Here I am. Ready? One, two, three. Here I am. 
Now, let's say together the other words of Samuel, and these are even more challenging, and they are, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Okay? Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Then the final thing is then what Eli, or what Samuel needed was not only to desire it, to discern it, but then to do it. And that, it seems to me, was the hardest part, at least in this passage. This is what he did. He didn't want to do it. I mean, so, so Samuel now is a prophet, and the work, the work of a prophet is to hear from God and then pass that word on. And, uh, and so it's not explicit here, but I think implicitly, he, he was to then tell, this is what God is going to do. And it wasn't good news. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was correction. Is bringing discipline, is bringing judgment on Eli, and in order to glorify his name and glorify the uh, the, um, the the Ark of the Covenant and the, the whole whole system that God had set up that that they were abusing, and even with all that, Samuel didn't want to say it. And can you blame him? I mean, Eli is the one that he goes to, the one he looks for, looks up to, the one who's his, his leader. And now he's going to bring this news to Eli. He doesn't want to do that. And again, who helps him? Eli. Eli turns to him, listen, in words that maybe, I think Eli even knew what he was saying and he knew what was coming. And said, well, may, whatever you heard, may it happen to you double-fold if you don't tell me. <laughs> okay, Samuel's going to tell him then. But to do it, again, is why we need one another. You know, as, as Mike was describing, covenant partners and why we're covenant partners, we're part of a community and what we pray that we'll help and encourage and support one another to follow Jesus and to, to proclaim His good news. We, we can't do it on our own. It's not just a matter of conjuring up desire and having the right information. It is a community that is here to help, challenge, encourage, support one another, to then do, to have the influence in our world that God wants us to have. Because we all have influence in our spheres of life. Whether it's like Hophni and Phineas with position, or whether it's like Hannah, with no position, but God's placement. And our longing is to desire, to discern, and to do God's plan. For God to be the influencer on us. What I want us to realize is that as you look here at the ways that Hophni and Phineas they misused that influence, the way Hannah, who was um, a uh, barren woman with no influence in the world whatsoever, but was used by God to have great influence, or even Eli, who was older, losing his sight, and, and had regrets from his past, was used by God to have influence in Samuel. And now here, Samuel, this child, will have influence. He can't be too old, too young, too broken, or barren. To have influence through the power of God in you. I want us to take just a minute and just sit with these, this passage, this, these, these events, 
And, and where was the, the Spirit connecting with you? Whether, whether it's encouragement or whether it's challenge, where was it? Is it in desire? Was it that your desire has maybe lost its, its energy? Was it there? And if so, then just, here I am, Lord. You know, follow after Samuel's example. Here I am. Here I am. Or, or maybe it's the God's showing you, no, look at your desire. And he's showing you, you know, the gift of your desire within you. Then give thanks to that desire. And now discern what is God leading you to do. You know, because maybe it's more in, in the discerning spot um, for you that you see yourself now like, like Eli, you know, not active anymore, sort of losing your touch. Or maybe like Samuel, no, you're too young. Either way, repeat Samuel's prayer. Speak, Lord, your servant hears. Or maybe it's with the do it. You know, you got the desire, uh, you've discerned what God's calling you to do, and now it's just time to take the action. To an act of love, an act of righteousness, an act of generosity, uh, a place to speak the truth in love, some change that God is calling you to make, whether it's to do something or to stop doing something. And maybe what you simply need to do is enlist a friend or two or followers of Jesus and tell them so that they'll support, encourage, and help you to do that. Where, where is that place for you? Let's, let's take a minute, just sit and listen and see how the Spirit might inspire and direct you in desiring and discerning and doing according to God's plan. And then I'll lead us in prayer afterwards. Let's take a minute in silence.